This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305 670 What's up, Cam? What's up, old man? How you doing, man? You're, the, you're at the Indy Airport already? Yeah, I just landed. Our flight got delayed for a while, so. I heard it's I heard it's raining there right now. Is it raining? Yeah, it's raining. It's it's like fifty degrees. It's not Miami weather at all. Okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. I uh miss Miami already. Yeah, but let's not lie to people. At Indy we rarely are outside. We have the bridges connecting the buildings. So we don't really deal with the elements nearly as much. So let's let's be honest to folks out there. It's not like we're really all gonna be trudging along in the snow all over the place. So that's the good thing about Indies downtown. They kind of uh they kind of make it a little bit more comfortable uh to be able to move around. Uh Cam, uh I before I get into the football talk. Uh, we were just talking about baseball and how, you know, they've eliminated the shift. And so I was I was in the car, and I think it was it was either Saturday or Sunday. I went to go get something, so I turned on some sports radio and some national guys there. And he's, well, we need to make the game easier for guys to play. And I'm sitting there going, this is ridiculous. Like, they don't teach them how to bunt. They don't teach them how to hit opposite fields. You know, players back when I grew, when I'm growing up, if you shifted on Barry Bonds or Cal Ripken or Nomar Garcia-Para or whoever, they would laugh at you going, oh, so you want me to hit it there? Okay, great. You know, I'll, I'll hit it there. You know, it's, it's so funny how the game has changed so much and that even the attitude of it, like it's too hard, that was the idea of baseball. It's the hardest thing to do to hit that little ball with a three-inch bat. I mean, that's kind of the idea. Wait a minute. I, you're, 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 there we go. There we go. Okay, go ahead. Can you hear me? Now we can. Go ahead. Yeah, baseball should be, baseball should be a skill sport. Uh, it frustrated me all the times because you see these shifts where the whole left side of the infield is gone. And it's like, just hit it to the left side. And baseball players these days just do not have an ability to hit it to that side. And it's crazy to me because, like, bunting is not a part of the game. I think it was the Braves that I heard us that they only bunted two times the whole year, 162 games in the playoffs, two times the whole year. Like, that used to be a, a, a skill you practice every day. And so baseball's changed. It's a lot more about exit velocity to get home runs and that sort of thing. And you miss the fundamentals to the fact that they got to force players to play in their original position so that the players don't get disadvantaged. I, I, so, I, I yeah. can imagine Will Clark or Wade Boggs coming to the plate and you shift on them. And Yeah. Oh, that's they'll, easy they'll, money. They'll start like single, laughing single. their asses off. Like, really? Is this what you guys are doing? Okay, great. Boom. They might. They might. Oh, they might tell you, "I'm going to hit a double yes. right along the right, the third base line. Right. Like, throw whatever pitch you want. I'm going to hit a double right on the third base line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. All right, let's get into Byron Jones. I got to tell you something, dude. I don't have a lot of sympathy here for this. Um, first of all, Byron Jones acts like he didn't know that football was dangerous and pills and everything else. It's 2023. 
my brother, do you do you happen to know what football is all about? Do you think a coal miner doesn't know by now that their lungs are going to be, you know, kind of bad 20 years in? Do, do you think maybe a policeman knows every day they're putting their lives on the line? Um, and then you're telling me you can't run and jump, but you're not retiring. So uh, it, it sounds like yes. a dude that is trying to make mista- uh, excuses for what's gone on this year. So I've told you guys a little bit about the Byron Jones thing throughout the year, that it, it became more complicated than what his initial injury was. That being said, this is the first time we're hearing from Byron Jones. And I think a lot of this is what you deal with with a player who's been frustrated uh, at the time, you know, whether it's through the team or through his own injuries. You know, this is a guy that was at the peak of his career, and all of a sudden he's got injuries that have led him to a position where he may not be able to be the same player ever again, whether it's retirement or whether he's just kind of hanging on. I think he's looking at the realization that, hey, based on what's happened to me, I'm not going to be the same player. And so, you know, I don't know if I feel sorry for him, but I do think it's like a realization that injuries injuries at any moment can take your career away. And, you know, he hasn't said anything that made me feel like, hey, he's blaming the Dolphins for it. No, I think it's more of just a, a reminder of him realizing that after a career that went really great for him, you know, he was a second-round pick. He made a lot of money. He got a big contract, the highest-paid corner in the league. He, he had a really smooth, great career. And then six or seven years in, he got the bam of the NFL. Like, it can go just like that. And so I think because of that, um, he's getting it, and I think he's trying to cope with it right now. And so more than anything, that's what sits in for me. Um, a lot of times we, we know when those – career-threatening threatening injuries come. You know, sometimes it happens when I'm like, torn ACL, torn Achilles. Some of it, sometimes it happens on a routine cleanup surgery. Like Byron Jones had a routine cleanup surgery that was supposed to happen back in two or three months, and it didn't. It just didn't work out. And so now his tenure in Miami is coming to an end. I was told even before Byron came out here with this that they were going to part ways with him. And so now he's looking at the rest of his career, and it's like, there's a lot of uncertainty when every step of his, his career that he's been in the NFL throughout has not had any uncertainty. And so that part is scary, I'm sure. And then I'm sure he's not having the rehab he wants is scary too. So I feel for him realizing what a lot of players have realized throughout their NFL career. But I don't think this is an indictment about the Dolphins more than it no. is the reality is the NFL. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I just, uh, I, I don't think he's enlightening anybody about pills and the things that the players go through. I think most players by now, all the information's out there. Their agents will remind them. They know the damage that they're doing to their bodies every single day that they're part of this game. So it's just, it, it, to me, it's just kind of funny. All right, um, Miami needs a middle linebacker in a bad way. And and I got to tell you something. This is the year to need a middle linebacker because I went out to look at it, and you got the white kid in, in Philadelphia, uh, Jermaine Pratt from the Bengals, Tremaine Edmonds from uh, the Bills, obviously, Bobby Wagner, Levante David, David Long Jr. also, although he's had some injuries. Um, there's a lot of linebackers. Who's the guy that is the perfect fit that you think the Dolphins should go after? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't. I haven't done enough research, to be honest with you, to figure out who's the perfect fit. Um, 
I think that what's going to be interesting is how much the type of player changes with Bangio's DC. Because whether with Brian Flores or Josh Boyer's defense coordinator, they were always looking for the same style of player, the same sort of Patriot style of player um, that always came about. And now the style drastically changes with yes. Big Bangio. Yes. Now, and so you've got to reteach your scouts, reteach your, your pro scouts and your college scouts of what you're seeking. And at the same token, you got to evaluate who on your roster can fill that. Is Jerome Baker a Vic Bangio linebacker? Is Shannon Tindell a Vic Bangio linebacker? Um, as you look into your own free agents, is Landon Roberts a Vic Bangio linebacker? But these are internal questions they've got to answer first. And then from that, they can decide, okay, who else or how many else? Because we're all looking at one linebacker. It may end up being two or three they have to bring in to, to fill the roles they need to fill in this defense. And so you've got a lot of big splash linebackers. The problem with that position is it's historically been a spot that Chris Greer has not spent on. Chris Greer has not spent on linebackers. He's not spent on running backs. Yeah, Those that, are two but, positions well, that I hear every I, year. I think the running back will stay the same. But what he also does right. is he appeases his coaches. So you know what's going to happen. Right. He's, he's right. going to exactly. need a certain linebacker exactly. to run his defense. Exactly. And the thing about it is you, you paid Vic Bangio four and a half million dollars plus a year. Like, I don't know if the number has been out, but it's, it's more than four and a half million dollars. Tell you guys that he's getting head coach money. And so if Vic Bangio says jump, you're jumping. If Vic Bangio says, I want that guy, you're getting that guy. Well, you, so you, you basically, dude, you basically hired a head coach of the defense. So, you know, exactly. that's the, exactly. the idea is yeah. now you don't have to worry about the defense because – Bro, it's in the hands of a, of one of the best in the business. So you're, you know, it's a comfort zone. Should be at least. Exactly. You you listen to it right. The head coach of the defense. That's exactly the term that I expect Mike McDaniel to say whenever he starts to talk about Vic Fangio. Um, and, and that's the reality. And so because of that, whatever Vic says is goes. And so like I don't know Vic. Like I'm just gonna be transparent. Like I I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I don't know Vic super well. And so I'm still learning what Vic wants and what Vic likes. And so I can pick up free agents and say, hey, this guy may play a Vic style or this guy played for Vic back in the day. But the reality is Vic is going to pull on tape. And if Vic says he wants you as middle linebacker, oh, then you're going to be the middle linebacker of the Dolphins. I don't think that's what he's going to think. But if he says that, then that's the way it's going to go. And so the reality is he's going to have a huge say here. I do think that linebacker will be a priority, but that being said, I think I've told you guys before that the defense for Vic Bangio starts with their defensive front, with their defensive tackle position particularly, and then it goes back to their safety position. And so, although I do think like linebacker will be upgraded, I wouldn't be surprised if those two positions I mentioned, defensive line or safety, end up being bigger free agency splashes. And so I want to bring up the name Jordan Poyer because it's a name the Dolphins fans have heard because he's talked on his own podcast about it. And I do think, and I told you this a few weeks ago, and you were like, whoa, what about Brandon Jones? But I do think the Dolphins are going to be in the mix to sign a veteran safety um, this offseason, a guy who can play uh, their too deep zone style of defense that Big Bangio loves to play outside of Javon Holiday, maybe Poyer. And maybe somebody cheaper. But I do think whether in free agency or the draft, they're going to add somebody who can play 
and potentially start those two D safety routes and let Brandon Jones be that third safety, maybe in the box that handle that role. And so who fills that role? Um, it's going to be a key element of that. Who replaces Brandon uh, uh, Byron Jones is going to be another element there. And then the question um, that a lot of people aren't talking about is, are they, is, is Vic Bangio comfortable with what he has in the defensive line? That is currently a spot of Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, uh, Raekwon Davis in, in the inside. And then Maywa Agba, um, you're probably looking at a combination of Jalen Phillips and, and, um, and uh, Bradley Chubb on the edge. Is he with that group where does he feel like he needs to add another person to that room? And I suspect he wants to add at least one more notable player to that room. All right, so before I let you go, you got to pick a linebacker. You can't, no fence straddling. I think they are going to go after a linebacker. Which one of those guys would you sign? Um, if I, if salary cap was the issue, Trayvon Evans um, is a great player, and I would love to, to have him. I would want a guy that could grow with this defense. Like Bobby Wagner has been an elite player for a long time, but I'd wonder about two teams giving up one of him after a year, essentially, and wondering if he's more of a year-to-year player. Well, the, it, but here's my here bit. here's my counter to that. You got to pay Wilkins. You got to pay Sealer, and you want to pay Jordan Poyer too. So you're also going to pay Tremaine Edmonds. You you got it's a you, lot of money. You, that's what, you're you're going to have to you're going to have to cut. That's why I prefaced my conversation with if salary cap wasn't issue. Well, well that right? well no, but but we have to live in reality, and so that's why I would go with a Bobby Wagner. If you want to go Poyer, then you can't go Edmonds. You have to correct, go Wagner correct. because it's you're a one. You have to it's a one, one or two year you deal. You have to choose one. Right. You have to choose one between Poyer and Edmonds, and then you would have to go cheaper with the other one. But the problem is. I don't know if Wagner's going to be super cheap. You know, well, he'll, he'll, he'll be cheaper than Edmonds because you don't have to give him a four-year contract or a five-year so, deal that so, you lock him into three. You're really only signing him for one or two years. That's what it is. So he would be cheaper in the guarantees. You'd be able to give yes. him a one- or two-year deal. And, and lower but number overall. Gonna, lower number I overall. I don't know. I, I think Wagner's still going to want a double-digit million-a-year number, even if it's on a one- or two-year deal. You're still paying him 10, 12. $12 million a year on that deal. It may just be a one-year deal or a two-year deal, but I think you're still paying him double-digit million, which is why I said that's tough to do unless you're ready to win a championship now. Yeah, and by the way, I can guarantee you Chris Greer's specialty is the two-year deal. So it'll be a two-year right. deal. <laughs> he, he doesn't sign people to one. He likes that second year to kind of play with it a little bit, cap-wise and all that stuff. I've noticed that, that uh, they love to do the two-year deal. All right, what do you got going on this week for the NFL Network at, uh, at the Combine? Well, I am riding to my Indy Hotel right now. I will be on NFL Network uh, for sure tomorrow. And probably throughout the week, uh, talking a lot of combine talks, you know, I'm going to have, I actually have a dinner plan and some meetings planned tonight to get some information. Um, I will make Mike McDaniel talks tomorrow at three o'clock. I'm sure I'll talk to the Dolphins either before or after on NFL Network there. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk a bunch of the happenings. Like this event is promoted as a draft event, but to me, the bigger element that comes out of this is free agency and trades. Because right now, teams are getting their contracts formulated. Who can they afford? 
what are the price ranges that go about? These are the conversations that happens now. And so I meet with a lot of agents, a lot of coaches, a lot of the scouts around this time and try to give you guys and give myself insight that I don't know about what's going to happen in this free agency period. And so this is a big learning period for me. And uh, hopefully I can return and bring some insights to you guys about what I've I know about the NFL, but I know about the Dolphins. All right, we look forward to it. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf and catch his work there at the NFL Network. Cam, as always, appreciate you. I'll see you in a couple days there in Indy, my friend. For sure, man. Looking forward to it. You got it. There you go. Cameron Wolf, baby, coming through that the Wolf Pack has been unleashed. <laughs> 